Blog Talk Radio. Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. I um, man, I'm excited. I'm having. I hope everybody's having a good week. I'm having a great week myself. Um, every day is just a good day, and uh, I don't want to jinx it, but um, yeah, uh, I hope your week is going well. Uh, you know, off to a good start as well. Um, very very cool tonight. We have a fantastic guest. He's a returning guest got a brand new project. We're going to be talking about this. Um, one of the, it, it's, uh, they've made, and just finishing up, um, a horror comedy anthology. And one of the neat things I was thinking about this when I was, uh, when I was first looking at all, everything about it, is, you know, horror and comedy, folks, is, is they're, they're almost, they're, they're kind of similar in a way that, that, you know, you have to have the setup and the payoff and all of that. And, and the timing has to be just so, for it to work properly. And, um, you know, he's teamed up with, it's just amazing. Well, you know what, let me get him on here and we're going to talk about it because I am just blown away with the concept of this and um, what I've seen of the execution so far. So without further ado, here's filmmaker Randy Van Dyke, co-producer, co-director, co-writer of the upcoming Party of Darkness horror comedy anthology. Mr. Randy, how are you doing, sir? Hey. hey, Jamie, I am doing great. That sounds like a lot of hats to wear, a lot of co's, co-writer, co-producer, co-director. There's a, there's a lot going on with this movie. <laughs> and, you know, as an independent filmmaker, those are just the ones on the business, on the stationery. You know, I'm sure there's many other hats that you and the whole gang here that you've assembled um, wear at the same time, at least all the independent filmmakers I know. You know, there. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, it's like an iceberg. There's like the 10% of what we actually do that we kind of tell everybody we do, but they don't see the 90% of the blood, sweat, and tears and grunt work that goes into all the rest of putting a project oh. like this together. It, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Now, I can't remember, Randy, so refresh my memory. You're, uh, you're married. You're in a situation, right? There's a, a Mrs. Van Dyke or a girlfriend or something? There, there is. There is a Mrs. Van Dyke. And actually, this is a really kind of a fun opportunity because with my last feature, Like Dogs, she kind of came on and, and helped produce it and, and came in during the late stages of writing the script and kind of helped me tighten things up, and which was really important because uh, that particular film was largely from a, a female perspective following a, a female protagonist, so I wanted to bring my wife in on it. And this time, uh, with Party of Darkness, which is – as you mentioned, a horror comedy anthology. It's got eight different segments uh, from eight directors in total. Wow. Uh, and um, now that makes it sound like <laughs> the, the, the funny thing is I'm actually directing three of the segments. So when you do the math, it's kind of wow. odd when you have to add it up. But two of the projects have uh, double directors. You know, um, one is a, a brother, wow. team of brothers. The other one is a, a, a you know a boyfriend girlfriend kind of team up situation. They had just uh, 
directed their first feature film, so we wanted to give them the opportunity to do one of the shorts uh, in this one as well. So there are eight directors altogether, but bringing it back around, um, the, one of the ones that, that I did, I actually co-wrote with my wife, and the idea is entirely hers. I just put it into screenplay <laughs> format, and um, and this is kind of the first time we've had a chance to really collaborate you know, uh, on something like this. So I'm really excited. That's the one short of the eight in this anthology that's the one short we have not yet shot and we are actually going to be shooting at the end of this month so i'm excited about that that's amazing that's amazing well first off first off as a kid i'm a little i think i'm a little older than you are i'm not sure though but i think i am um probably am and these days i tend to be older than everybody um (laughs) i know the feeling (laughs) Uh, right oh i'm telling you i'm telling you um but as a kid of the 80s I loved horror anthology, uh, the creep shows, all the, you know, perfect drive-in movies. Um, yeah. These were just so much fun for me and my friends to watch. Um, and, and, and just, we really enjoyed these, but I can't remember there being a, a, a film with eight stories. I, I think they usually maxed out about four, you know? Yeah. With, uh, yeah. Maybe it, you know, what it really came down to, yeah, what it came down to, and it sounds like they're they're all eight shorts, and there's actually one that's we call it the wraparound, and it is kind of the it's the main storyline, it's the connective tissue that ties all the the shorts together, really, and that is about forty minutes on its own. So even though it's technically a short, wow. it is not feature length. That is the the heart and soul, the meat and potatoes of the film. Um, and if you want, I can actually kind of set it up for you and let you know how it works because sure. it's not only is is it really rare to find a horror comedy anthology because you don't find a whole lot uh, with the humor in there to really lean into it and embrace it and call it uh, you know comedy as well. Of course, stuff like Creepshow, like almost, most anthologies have some humor, but we really really lean into into the humor because most of us of the filmmakers that are involved with this come from a background of not just horror, but also comedy. So we're kind of blending our two loves. But uh, the way that the wraparounds work is it's just a bunch of middle-aged guys, and they're all horror movie fans, and they decide that they're going to take this weekend, they're renting a cabin, they're getting away from the wives, the kids, responsibilities, all that stuff, and they're just going to sit there and watch horror movies in a spooky environment. So, But, of course, the movie gods can't let that happen, so there's a storm, and it knocks out the Internet. <laughs> so they have no way to stream movies, and... Uh, here they are at this rented cabin. They don't have any physical media with them, you know, which is kind of like an, uh, a horror aficionado's worst nightmare because most horror fans Absolutely. that I know are really big believers in collecting physical media. So this is kind of just, just like this is terrifying on so many different levels when you look at it through that lens. But uh, what it does is it kind of puts in a position where like, okay, well, what are we going to do to pass this time? And they kind of sit around the proverbial campfire and – tell stories in the form of if I was going to make a horror movie, this is what it would be. So all of these guys are telling what their perfect horror movies would be. Now, of course, it's not just the guys that are invited in this. Uh, If you watch the teaser trailer, uh, you'll see that there's an uninvited guest that kind of sneaks in and gets involved in the mix, and she plays a really big part in the end of the movie um, because uh, it becomes, even though it's mostly comedic, it becomes kind of a big horror element in itself because she unwittingly uses these guys to help perform a ritual, to open a, a hell mouth, 
and summon her biological father, who happens to be a demon, through the portal to wreak havoc mm. on Earth. And it's it's up to these hapless horror movie fans to try to stop it from happening. It's those goth girls, man. You gotta watch it, out for them, you know. You gotta, yeah. Oh. Beware of goth girls bearing gifts or anything else for that matter. <laughs> no, but it's 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 a whole lot of fun, and uh, it really gives us an opportunity to create some really lovable characters that have a a really great on-screen chemistry, and then put them in the absolute worst possible conditions, and uh, just really have a lot of fun with it. Well, that's amazing. That's an amazing concept. I, I'm, I'm in love with the idea of it. Um, I did watch the teaser trailer. I want everybody, uh, we've been uh, blasting that out and whatnot. I want, if you haven't seen it, folks, right directly following the uh, the podcast here, I'll, I will blast it out again. It is, uh, and plus we're going to have, because uh, we're having uh, Justin on next week, too. Um, yes. we'll, you'll see it. You'll see it, folks. Anybody who knows me says, oh, yeah, Jamie likes to post. He likes to post. Well, you know, i got to get let people know what we're doing. Um, exactly. I this love was it. very cool. And one of the things, uh, the interesting things about this is, is the route you went. Um, normally, people beg, borrow, and steal, uh, for those who don't know. Um, you know, max out credit cards. Uh, put a second on the house. You know, what you got to do, what you got to do. Um, to get these independent films made, you know, there, there's no big studio behind it writing big checks, and they, they make it, they throw it out to a bunch of film festivals, they hope it pick, gets picked up for distribution, you know, it, it's a, it's a <laughs> job selling the film after it's made, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, you said this time, let's go with crowdfunding, uh, particularly Indiegogo, which, you know, uh, great, great crowdfunding uh, uh, platform, and uh, yeah, you know, and it, it's very transparent. People see right where you're at, where you need to go, and, um, and and what's going on. And there's all kinds of perks and whatnot, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And you're not asking. I mean, you know, you have some some higher. I don't know, fifty bucks. I'm scrolling through it. Oh, yeah. 250 you know, 500 Um Here's a 2000 If you got 2000 sitting around, folks, you know, tax return <laughs> season's in. Um, Some of the more expensive know? ones, yeah, they're, they're really neat opportunities. The, the, the expensive ones, and I don't really – I don't know if people are really going to go for it, but I wanted to put the opportunity out there. Because we have eight budget ranges, but I wanted to give the opportunity for somebody uh, to come in and if they like, if they connect with the material that's going to be in one of those shorts, uh, to, to have the ability to sponsor it. So they would become an executive producer over that segment. Um, they would get uh, a special screen-used prop from that segment, which is a hero prop, yeah. something that's significant to the movie. And we, we try to make it something that's either like if it's uh, if it's a murder, if, if, if there's killers, we're going to kind of try to include a murder weapon or something like that or, or something that is like cool and gory for the purpose of being gory or maybe like a body part that we made specifically for this movie uh, because it gets cut off at one point in time, that sort of thing. So we, so we try to really kind of like lean into the really odd, fun, practical effects props to be able to offer people along with that. And they can just get a ton of swag. They can come to the premiere. They get all the T-shirts physical media 
uh, all the poster swag and stuff that we give uh, oh, cool. that we have available. So so we try to, but we have little things too. I mean, we have buttons and stickers, and uh, people can download uh, an MP3 of the theme song, uh, which they will hear uh, today, I believe. So uh, we have all sorts yeah. of things that we have, kind of like intro level things, and uh, so we've got stuff for for virtually every price range. And 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 if you know if you if you can't, oh yeah yeah, and and if somebody can't uh, can't, oh I was gonna say if somebody can't, uh, they don't have the financial means to put money into it, but they still really like the idea of the movie. You know what? Just follow us on our social media and maybe share some of our posts here and there, just to kind of help us get our reach out so people are aware. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing. No, what I was gonna say is, you know. All these guys and gals that are, that are involved in this, folks, these are all the cool kids, the cool filmmakers, you know? So you know that they're going to be at, like, all these cons and all this kind of stuff. You know, these, these are the people that hang out at these places, you know? Um, so if you get some sort of prop or whatever, bring it to one of these, follow their media and whatnot, because then you'll know where they're going to be, and uh, you can get them to sign it, do all kinds of stuff. And then, and then couple years down the road, you know, you're in Las Vegas, you lost the kid's tuition money, you got to get it back, <laughs> you've got to sign prop, go see the guys at Pawn Stars, and, uh, you know, you're back to business. Your wife exactly. won't change the locks on you. Yeah, she might. <laughs> I definitely like the sound of that. You can look at it like a long-term investment that way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I remember the first crowdfunded movie that I that comes to mind that I saw was um, I believe it was Paranormal Activity. I had a horror friend of mine who, I don't know, sent in the five bucks or whatever, and they got their name listed at the end of the movie. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with some sort of little uh, special thing or shout out or whatever it was. I can't remember what the title was, but oh my gosh, you would have thought they were winning like the Oscar or something. The way they were <laughs> acting, it was just Oh, my name's on the screen, and you know, and you know, we kind of laugh about it now. But I remember that was a big deal to this particular girl at the time. She was cocking a lock, baby. (laughs) Big time stuff. Hey, yeah, people no, like feeling cool. involved, you know, and uh, and that's a neat way for people to get involved. And if they want to see their name on the screen, we have it. We have uh, perks available. Um, if they want to see themselves on screen, uh, we have a couple things where uh, people can record um, just a, a short kind of video message. We'll put it up on a TV uh, in the movie. Uh, we have a radio DJ in the movie, and um, so if anybody who's an aspiring voiceover artist, uh, that perk actually sold out, but that was one of the perks that we had available was uh, people can submit their voice to, to be a radio DJ. So it's kind of neat just for people to be you know, in the movie and around the movie, have their name on the movie. It's just a feeling, a sense of ownership and, and community, you know. Well, but the neat thing about this, too. Your first time. I'm sorry? Oh, no, no, go ahead and finish your thought. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, this isn't your first time in the, uh, you know, this is the movie business. This is what you do. You know what I mean? This is um, isn't your first rodeo, so to speak. Um, and I Definitely. know just, I don't know personally, Randy, I've never, you know, hung out with you on one of your projects while you're making, you know, doing your work. But I have known other independent filmmakers. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Hurting cats—it's usually <laughs> insanity. Oh, and yeah. now you've got, you know, you're like a 
a cool band that just hired a symphony. You know what I mean? You've got <laughs> a whole orchestra here. Um, was that well, daunting at all, or how did you it, know? It, it was that? in a lot of ways, yeah. And because I come from a kind of a traditional uh, feature filmmaking background, where you have one primary storyline, um, one director, or maybe a pair of directors, and and it's just you know very. Uh, very cut and dry, very formulaic, not formulaic in terms of storytelling, but it's just in terms of, of getting a film made. Um, but I have, over the last 10 or so years working in the industry, I've made a lot of friends that I really enjoy working with, and we've really kind of created a nice community of working on each other's films. We all have our own niche. We all have our own things that we can contribute to when we're working on set. So we really try to, to work consistently with this group of filmmakers uh, on almost every project, you know, we'll, we'll bring a lot of the same people in. And these are the filmmakers that, you know, every single one of them are really high-end creatives, writers and directors of, the, you know, in addition to be able to, to, to do so many other things on set. So that's why that, that was kind of the genesis the, of how this idea formed of let's all get together and all contribute something to a larger, to a larger picture. We were at a cast and crew screening, a premiere screening of a film that uh, my good friend Justin Armeo is going to be talking to you about probably on, on the show next week, a film called Xanadu Hellfire, mm-hmm. which was the last feature film that he put out. And we had brought a lot of these people together to work on that one. We had uh, camera people, sound people, makeup artists, so many people that were, that were all directors of their own uh, projects, but also coming together to work on this. And we're sitting there after the screening, and we're sitting there at this restaurant, all sitting around a table eating, going, you know what? Let's all do something together, and let's all feel like we have skin in the game. So let's all write and direct segments, and we're going to make it an anthology. And that was how it started. It was August of last year, and then by October, we had a script for the, the wraparounds, and then everybody started crafting their own uh, short stories to kind of uh, fall into that. And then uh, shortly thereafter, we started shooting. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us. www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, 
jewelry, and accessories. Metal Bay Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Bay Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. That is so cool. That is so cool. And that just goes to show, folks, when you go to IHOP at one in the morning or whatever, <laughs> Denny's, whatever it is, and you see that group of kind of Lightly off-center kids or, you know, people sitting around going, you know, planning to take over the world. Uh, they might just be onto something. <laughs> you know, you, mm-hmm. might, you might be seeing it. You might see history being made there. That's pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. Now, um, oh, that's cool. That, I mean, just, just to be a part, and people can be a part. That's the thing. We have links up, folks. Um, you know, there, there's a link right there um, on our show page and everything. 
to uh, to get to the page, and you can see this, and really for a couple bucks. I mean, if that's all you got, you know, and I, hey, I, I get it. I've been there, you know, many times. <laughs> Um, you know, do what you can do, you know, um, because this is art and you can help make this happen. And uh, I, I think that's very, very cool. Very cool. Had you done a crowdfunding campaign before? So personally, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm going to fill you in on a little secret. I've never done a successful crowdfunding campaign before. So, for example, um, a film that I did about 10 years ago, right when the beginning of the crowdfunding boom, uh, it was a, a film called Nonstop to Comic-Con. And it was a, a wonderful geek themed mm-hmm. comedy movie. And we ran it on Kickstarter. And back in those days, Kickstarter was all or nothing. If you didn't reach your goal, you didn't get a penny. Um, whereas right. now they've got kind of more flexible funding options. And Indiegogo, for, to my understanding, has always been flexible as far as that goes. But uh, so we just didn't have the reach that we had hoped for and, and weren't able to re- reach our goal. And that was before we even started shooting a bit of the movie. So that was really kind of working into our budget. Um, but many of my friends, and in fact many of the directors on this anthology, have had very successful crowdfunding adventures um, in funding their own features. So it kind of renewed my faith in it a little bit, enough to really want to try it. But what's really different about this campaign, other than what I've tried before, was we're almost done with the movie, and it's going to get completed regardless of whether we get these funds. But this is kind of – we're treating it more as a pre-sale. So it's an opportunity to get your hands on the physical media before it gets officially distributed. It's a, a chance to be able to see it a digital download before it officially makes it on streaming platforms, that sort of thing. It's really a chance for, for people to get their hands on seeing the movie before it uh, goes out widely in distribution. And they can get all, cool, all, all kinds of cool swag and merchandise and, and things associated with it as well. Now, some of these funds will, going toward, will be going towards making sure that we can uh, we can give it all the love and attention that it needs in post production because that is a big big hurdle right. in and of itself. But we I, like people don't have to worry about the idea of will it get completed? Won't it get completed? Because we're ninety percent there already, and it's going to be done regardless. It's just going to be a matter of who's going to jump on this crazy train with us and take this ride and uh, be part of the party of darkness family. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, hey, you have a teaser out. You've got a trailer, you know? I mean, obviously, this is um, – and I think a lot of people that aren't hip to your business and, and how they, the, the, the gears turn in that um, maybe don't realize, you know, when, um, when Randy's sitting there and he picks up his, his, his megaphone and uh, says, that's a wrap, and they, they clap that little clapper down. <laughs> that isn't the end of the work, um, you know. Uh, he, he gets up, he gets in his golf cart, and he goes to another building, and, and <laughs> editing, and <laughs> and yet another building where he's got to put on a suit, you know, and have meetings right. uh, with people. Um, and people don't realize that. I'm telling you, just you know, we kind of, I, I kind of make a joke a little bit about it, but the reality is, you know, when people finish a film and they start submitting it to film festivals and whatnot, you don't just send your movie out and go, eh, hope you like it, you know, and they're right. like, brilliant, here's a check. No, you've got to send a check with that, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and you don't, yeah, oh, yeah. there's no Every guarantee. Single festival. <laughs> exactly. Every single yeah. festival that you submit to uh, 
costs money. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to cast any aspersions towards any film festivals because I know it takes an no. army of people to watch the movies and to program it and put all that together. But I, I'm pretty sure if you, if you go, there's a website out there called filmfreeway.com, and that's what most filmmakers use mm-hmm. to submit their projects to, to most major festivals. There's a lot on there that I suspect aren't really very legit. <laughs> There's a lot of festivals that just seem right. like they're, they're just trying to bilk some filmmakers out of some money. So you, you really have to be kind of savvy as a filmmaker, as a producer, when you're when you're making the decisions what festivals you want to try to pursue. Like, is this going to be worth the entrance fee? Even if I get in, is it going to be worth going to? Am I going to make connections? Am I going to get exposure? Is this just some little thing that's run out of somebody's garage and nobody's really going to show up and watch? Do you really that? kind of thing Absolutely. because I, I I've, I've unfortunately been to the smallest of the small and I've never made it to the biggest of the big uh, that's still a goal of mine but but you know I've been to a lot of the a lot of the festivals in between and um, yeah you can definitely as, as you do it more often you can tell which ones you should probably avoid but yeah it's a huge cost the the, the money just keeps flowing right out of that bank account uh, pretty much right up until the oh, moment yeah. that it is out on shelves or out on a streaming platform. And even then, it doesn't really stop because then you have to market it. Even if you have a distribution company that handles all right. all of the, the deals and everything, um, they've got hundreds of movies that they are simultaneously uh, promoting along with yours. So if you really want to get it out there and make sure people are aware of it, then you're still going to be out there hitting social media. You might have to pay uh, mm. some PR companies, that kind of thing, or at least you're putting in a lot of your own personal time into just pounding the pavement and, and making yourself known, making your product known. And well, you know what that's like because you know you're, you're you're a very good self promoter, and, and not everybody has that in them. And it's really kind of one of the things that can make and break uh, an independent film. Absolutely, I'm not that good at it. I'll tell you, uh, I don't know a big secret. I've mentioned it on the show before. It took my wife and our little group of, of weirdo friends that we have um, here that I run so much by. Um, <laughs> it took them a year to convince me to set to a Patreon. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'm not, you know, uh, yeah, old macho prideful guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> My wife finally sat me down. She was like, okay, you know how I used to go to a lot of nightclubs? All a Patreon is is a VIP room. There you go. Yeah, yeah. it clicked. <laughs> There's so no like, shame in that whatsoever. Yeah, I can deal with it. Matter of fact, that's what we call our Patreon VIP. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's uh, but it took a, it took a year. It took a year of me turning my nose up about it. Um, yeah, you know, not a smart business move, but uh, I didn't know anything. <laughs> but the thing is, what's great about uh, crowdfunding? When I first when I got out of college, I moved to Southern California, San Diego area, and I immediately met. Everybody wanted to be a rock star or a filmmaker. You know, I met so mm. many Quentin Tarantino wannabes. Uh, I can't even shake a stick at. You know, everybody. I, I hear you. I, I went to film yeah, school no. in the mid nineties. Uh, believe me, I, uh, <laughs> I I know that Quentin Tarantino <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it was it was heavy duty, man. And you know, nothing wrong with that. Hey, this, you know, in my world, everybody wants to be Andy Warhol. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing. But um. Mm-hmm. You know, the interesting thing is this was pre, you know, a few people I knew had computers in the in the mid-90s. Not a lot. You know, we were poor students and stuff um, trying to make it. And there was no crowdfunding. But I went to a lot of movie parties 
where uh, people that were trying to get, you know, a pilot together or this or that. I tell you, I donated so many paintings, Randy, um, you know, that they would raffle <laughs> off <laughs> yeah. to put money in the thing to get the yeah. scene done or, you know, whatever. And, and practical effects. All you horror fans out there love your practical effects. They ain't cheap if they're good. <laughs> you know, no, that's so money. true. <laughs> well, one of the exciting things that I got to do that I've never done before is I got to design a couple of the kills uh, for this movie. Now, I've worked with a couple makeup artists that uh, I, I really adore, and, 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 and I, I had a lot of my makeup artist friends working on this movie with us. But for the, the short that opens the movie, it's kind of a movie within a movie within a movie, but it really sets things up. Um, it's, it's really over the top, and uh, I wanted the kills to be really over the top as well. So um, I learned how to work with silicone, and I learned how to mold and make body parts, and I learned how to do some, wow. some pretty neat stuff. And um, I just really wanted the kill to be just so not quite Kill Bill level of blood, but just an over-the-top just blood fiesta, you know? So, and, and the name of that short is Booty Town Bloodbath. I just wanted it to be so over-the-top ridiculous. Nice. Like, if, if Hollywood was really trying to make an edgy uh, horror film uh, for, like, today's 18 to 35 crowd, like, this is, like, what they would try to make. So I, I emulated that kind of style, and I really went over the top with it. But I, I got to, to, to design some of my own kills, and I, I tell you, even though I have a lot of fun writing films, a lot of fun on-set directing films. I probably had the most fun in this entire endeavor making some of the practical <laughs> effects that, that we use on it. So, and I think well, it's growing up looking at stuff team. like Oh, exactly. Well, exactly. And it's something I had never done before. And, you know, as a kid of the 80s, growing up with Fangoria magazine and stuff like that, oh, yeah. I'm like, you know, this is my opportunity to, to make some of this stuff myself, you know. I've been reading about it since I was a kid, so that here's my chance to do it. So I made some mistakes, Absolutely. but overall it turned out pretty well. <laughs> Absolutely. I, during the pandemic, I, got a, I was watching all these YouTube channels, and I got addicted to these all these uh, – reaction videos, which, I, you know, folks, I, I get it. Don't send me emails. I agree with you. People should pay to watch <laughs> movies. You know what I mean? I, I I get where you're coming from. But I was watching all these, and I kind of got hooked on them. And my favorite thing in the world, um, I have to say, or one of them, is watching some real basic, normal people decide that they're going to watch John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> back going, okay, Get ready. And uh yeah, the screaming, the crying, you know. And that's from the people watching the movie, folks. That ain't in the movie. <laughs> um, like, yeah. that, that's good art. Yeah. You know, when I was in art school I had this old professor who used to just hound us, you know. Good art evokes an emotional response. That's why I like <laughs> horror movies. You know, oh, absolutely. I would love to be able to do that with the painting. That's the goal. Um, and you guys do it so well, you know. This is a fantastic. You know, all I've seen of this film, folks, is the teaser uh, trailer, just like everybody, I think. And except right. filmmakers, of course. <laughs> um, and it's fantastic what I've seen. You know, this doesn't look like this was shot with a GoPro in somebody's garage. You know, this is, I'm, I'm picturing boom mics and, and, <laughs> and stuff, we, we sh yeah we shoot with some some really high end equipment um that's a great thing now i mean in this day and age we work 
in in an environment where uh, cinema cameras can be as cheap as and I say cheap in quotation marks can be as inexpensive as two or three thousand dollars. Um, the movie The Creator uh, was shot on a Sony FX3, and that's a three thousand dollar camera, if I'm if I remember correctly. You know, of course there was a lot of modifications made to it for for a big film like that, but you know, it's it's not really about the the high level of equipment either. It's really still the dedication to the story and uh, really putting love and attention into making sure that it's an adventure, it's a story that people are going to be excited by and want to watch again and again and that sort of thing. Um, so a lot of times people get really kind of they, they they overthink the tech of it or they overthink the equipment of it, but it's really become democratized in terms of its price and its availability. And uh, it also helps that, uh, you know, I, I work at a college, you know, and, and uh, I work in a film department where I encounter a lot of students uh, that are all eager mm. filmmakers in and of themselves. And uh, for the past 10 years or so, what we try to do every couple of years uh, in between uh, semesters, uh, we'll get together a group of students and we'll go out and we'll make a movie here and there, you know, that kind of thing. For example, Like Dogs, my last feature, that was uh, an entire crew made up of alumni students you know, from the college that I work That's at. Amazing. And it was a really a fun opportunity because for a lot of them, it was the first feature film that they had done. And it's a really neat opportunity for them to kind of continue their education. Um, and also, it's really great for me because I'm always meeting a lot of new and uh, enthusiastic people with their own stories to tell and with their, their own style. So I, I really like it kind of keeps me enthusiastic and invigorated and you know it's like well let me help you channel that you know it's like hey right. it, it works out really well for everybody because you know when it comes down to it a, a lot of their first jobs are going to be uh based on the the reel that they put together you know which is kind of like a, a resume mm. of their work or a portfolio of their work or their imdb page the you know internet movie database so as many credits as they have on there you know a lot of people will look at that and say oh hey this this guy's or this person's worked on a bunch of stuff uh let's hire them they must know what they're doing that kind of thing so um it really helps Absolutely. kind of like build up these credits yeah and now folks a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors stay tuned we'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages Loyalty should be rewarded. That's why Shell offers Platinum members 10 cents off per gallon at the pump. And it costs nothing to join. Reach Shell's VIP status two times faster by filling up with V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Did you know that Shell V-Power Nitro Plus removes up to 100% of performance-robbing deposits to rejuvenate your engine's performance? So you'll be saving money and taking better care of your car. Sign up at FuelRewards.com. Terms apply. In gasoline, direct injection engine fuel injectors with continuous use of Shell V-Power Nitro Plus premium gasoline. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey Rockers, this is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In season one, I interview Phil Susan from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, 
Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, she's a fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Well, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Randy. Um, I, I, was this one of your uh, deals? The, the unable to comply? Um, there's a picture, uh, a still, if you will, um, on your Indiegogo page. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a guy, this guy, and uh, woman walking down. You know, they're space people. They're obviously in suits, <laughs> suits right. uniforms. And they're in a hallway. Now, I look at a picture like this. Now, I'm a visual guy. You know, that's what I do sure. for a living. I'm, I'm looking at stuff. And I'm like, where the hell? Did... Now, I remember when with like dogs, you were telling me, oh, yeah, we only filmed this. You know, and I remember that story. And I'm, I see this picture. I'm like, where did they film this at? Where did they find the inside of a spaceship at? Because this looks so... like what the inside of the spaceship would look like. You're absolutely right. And and funny enough, that's the one that we haven't shot yet. That's actually concept art that you're looking at right there. Ah. Uh, yeah, and the the two actors in that are are some of the ones I, I'm, I'm most excited uh, to work with uh, because uh, they have a lot of experience and, you know, they're pretty well known within the horror community. Um, so uh, the woman in that image uh, is the captain of the ship, and it's going to be played by Felissa Rose, who uh, horror fans may remember from Sleepaway Camp <laughs> from the 80s. She's been in a, in a whole yeah. bunch of movies since then, and she is really amazing. She's a horror icon. And um, the gentleman on the right in that image is Glenn Plummer, who's also got 
got some horror movie cred. He was in Saw 2, but I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, Showgirls, uh, he's done a bunch of movies, um, and I'm sure uh, your your listeners will definitely recognize him. And um, it's really cool because I'm not sure if it's the first movie that they've done together, but um, they're, they are uh, the, the two leads of the film, and it is being shot in the interior of a spaceship. Not a real spaceship, but um, there's a standing set um, in L.A. that is all spaceship interiors, and now they've, shoot, they've really? shot some movies and some TV shows in there, and it's not clean and nice like Star Trek looking. This is very kind of down and dirty, more like alien yeah, kind of looking. Nostromo. And uh, it was, you know? yeah, exactly, very much like the Nostromo, and uh, it was used in an episode of Firefly, for those who remember that series. Um, it's been used oh, in yeah. a bunch of stuff, um, and it is wonderful. So and what a standing set. Yeah, and they they, they built them. Out? They built them to last, and they leave them basically up in this uh, soundstage for for people like me to be able to rent. Somebody who maybe nice. wouldn't have the time or the budget to be really? able to build it themselves, but here it is, and it's been added to and expanded upon probably over the last fifteen or twenty years, however long they've been there, and. Um, and and it's all to my benefit because – or to any filmmaker's benefit right now because here you go. Let's say you're just doing a one-day shoot or a two-day shoot. You don't have to take all the time and money to build all that. It already exists. All you have to do is just kind of rent the space. And, you know, there's places like it. that. This is kind of like a little glimpse into how the sausage is made. But there are places like that all over L.A., all over Hollywood, you know, all over California in general, really, but probably anywhere where there are hubs of filmmaking, you know, uh, New York, Atlanta, any of the big uh, places where people are making movies, there's going to be standing sets where there's interiors of hospitals and jails and police stations and stuff that's really kind of hard to shoot in practically. Uh, so they build those sets and make it available to filmmakers. It's a great resource. The interior of airplanes, stuff that's like that, am- it's great. Yeah. That's amazing. Somebody was thinking, and somebody's making a buck, you know. They had a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, it, it would have been a very difficult business to run during the pandemic, so I'm surprised or I'm happy to see that so many of them are still around and, and didn't close down when productions were being held up. But, uh, but yeah, it is a, I, I would think it's a great, great business. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, it looks fantastic. Like I said, I saw this picture and I was just like, holy moly. Um, yeah, are, that that place is amazing. They're spinning the box, is what I thought. You know, I was <laughs> well, like, well, "Wow, you're not wrong." It doesn't yeah. just because it exists doesn't mean it's inexpensive, and that's why we're running our Indiegogo campaign because a lot of this, <laughs> gotcha. stuff, you know, a lot of this stuff does accumulate. And and you know, I'm going to tell you how how inexperienced I was as a producer because this is the first film that uh, I'm. I'm pretty much uh, attacking as the primary producer, and um, which isn't as cool as it sounds because that's not necessarily the most glamorous or or creative position. It's a lot of paperwork, it's a lot of administration, it's a lot of logistics. But um, but what it also means is it's managing the budget. So here I go into this project thinking, okay, well, eight short films, and I'm thinking like I know what student short films cost because you know I surround myself with that every day working at the right. college, and I've shot some short films, and I know roughly what they cost. I'm thinking eight of those is going to be significantly less expensive than the cost of uh, a 90-minute or 120-minute feature. Um, And I cannot begin to tell you how wrong I was with that because with all of these different (laughs) shorts includes 
eight different directions, eight different sets of cast that all need their own wardrobe. It's not like something that takes place over, you know, in one location where we can right. reutilize wardrobe, that sort of thing, or reutilize cast members. Everything ones. about it was more expensive. Yeah, and you know, we we were shooting at the at the tail end of the uh the actor strike and the writer strike, but we did the majority of our shooting after the strike was over. And so many places around LA, especially like the permitting offices, I might get put in film jail for for telling you this story, but um so many places were were not being utilized and were not generating revenue during the strikes. That once the strikes ended and you know, we had to start getting permits again to start shooting around LA, uh, I really feel like we were kind of being taken advantage of as independent filmmakers in terms of how many fees oh, and yeah. things that they were charging. That I swear, when we did Trying the movie two years ago on our last one, yeah, those fees weren't there, but they're there now, and boy, are they huge. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, even being a producer, little guy, sometimes you can't escape it. You know, people, and it's weird because people, you know, people, they talk about what they don't know, you know, and that's just life. That's the world we live in. But, you know, producers kind of have this bad rap, I think, of, you know, being the, the villain on set, so to speak. Um, you know, right. Oh, the money guys, you know, they're always. <laughs> well, yeah, somebody has to take the the rudder, you know. I mean, right. they want this made, right? Um, it, it, it happened. I had a guy on the show, this was a few years ago, made a movie, and this is back in the in the 80s. It ran out of money. Had a bad producer. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, ran out of money. And yeah. it was so long ago. It was it was shot on film. This is pre digital. And it mm-hmm. sat on a shelf. It had been sitting on a shelf for like thirty years. I think it was twenty eight. Twenty eight years, something crazy like that. And oh, they wow. finally got Yeah, they finally found the money years later, you know, almost three decades later. And it, then they ran into a big expense because they had to convert it to digital. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just curious and... how they would pull that off with their cast. <laughs> how does yeah, that even cast, work? <laughs> I, I tried to find out best I could. And I, you know, uh, topics got changed. I can imagine. I, well, I would have to imagine that's probably an uncomfortable topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm yeah, telling you, I'm telling you. but you know, good it's, for them for getting know, the money to finish it. Yeah, I mean, you just never know, and that's why it's so important. Um, you know, yeah, you need somebody to to make sure the light, the thing's getting done. You know. Yeah. And, and yeah. like you were saying before, you know, just because when it wraps, then a whole another different set of work comes into play. Exactly. You know, and. Yeah, none of this is free, folks. None of this, uh, let me put it this way: I have told many, many filmmakers I know. You know, I'm a painter. It ain't nothing for me. I go buy some cam- canvas and some paint, and you know, I'm off to the races. Not a big mm. deal. Randy and his friends have chosen the expensive art. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not cheap. Uh, yeah. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of people. Um, this is amazing and. Yeah, eight stories. That's yeah. times eight yeah. now, you know? 
<laughs> it's um, it's absolutely wild. Yeah, some people. This is I'm going to totally steal this uh, from my buddy Justin, who again is going to be on your show next week. But he he told me this great story once, so I like to steal it and tell it to other people. Um, he's like some some people have an old Mustang in their garage that they like to spend time restoring, and sure maybe they'll spend twenty thousand dollars on it and maybe only get five thousand right. dollars worth of return on investment kind of thing. Um, and and you know what? It keeps them happy and it, and it fulfills them in some way. Um, and for a lot of us filmmakers that uh, that are independent, that aren't in the studio system, uh, this is our way of creatively expressing ourselves. And we sure, it's a product Absolutely. that we get to put out on the market, but it is so rare that they even make their money back, much less make a profit. Uh, what what I like to try to do is make it sustainable. And what that means is if other films that I've made over the years in the past are generating a small amount of money or any kind of money, it all goes into my production account and any money generated by previous films that I've made will help fund the next one. You know, the, the, the big yeah, goal is not to have it come out of my pocket, you know? So, uh, and then as this one started to, to get higher and higher up in the, uh, in the, the budget range. And, and in fact, uh, it is the highest budget film of any of the four features that I've done up to this point. Um, but but it is also so much more interesting and just it's it's so much bigger feeling than than the other films just because we have so many different unique voices in it. I just felt like it deserved it, you know. Even though I didn't intend for it to to kind of go to this place when we started, I'm really embracing it and I'm trying not to limit the filmmakers. Like if they want to if they want to do something a little extra or get in this location that's maybe a little bit more expensive because it's going to serve the story better and be more visually interesting, then I'm the kind of producer so that's more likely to say, yes, let's do it because it's better for the story, which means maybe I'm a bad producer, but I'm coming from the place of being usually a director. So it's like I'm almost always going to side with the filmmaker. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. This might be the last film well, I'm producing. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. But it's cool that you have that, that, that multiple point of view, you know, where you can see. Uh, sure, yeah. You know, different hurdles and, and whatnot. It's um, it, and it is crazy, you know, because everybody, I think, us common folk, um, out here that aren't in the film business, you know, we just like watching something cool on the TV or on the screen or something, um, you know, like you were saying, you know, the sausage being made and whatnot. There's so much that goes into this. It it isn't just oh yeah. Well, yeah, let's all get together this weekend and and shoot a 90 minute film. No, it, <laughs> A lot that's involved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's very cool. But you're very smart, Randy. You flip your profits. You know, that's something I learned a long time ago uh, in, in my nefarious youth. <laughs> Back in Detroit, <laughs> you know, that's the goal. That's the goal of everybody. You take right. your money and you flip it into more money. You turn it into more money. Um, right. And. You know, I know people that own big yachts and stuff that still have that mentality, and, and that's how they have big yachts. Um, right, yeah. yeah. That's what they say. The the people that, yeah. that have got the money, it, it's not because they're necessarily great business people. They're just really shrewd with the money that they do have, and they don't overspend, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if you're going to spend, it's got to make sense, you know? It, right, it, it's right. It's got to – the numbers have to make sense. And – um you know, and it's all of this, folks. I hope you're getting what what this really means. What we're really talking here is you've got 
somebody at the wheel here who knows what the hell they're doing, <laughs> you know, seriously, and is good at it. And so even if you're like, you know, I got an extra 25 bucks on this paycheck, you know, or I get my taxes back, I got an extra 100 bucks, um, let, let me throw it at this, you know. It, it's, it's such a, number one, you're going to feel great and you do it because, you know, you're helping out, you're helping create art here. And number two, it isn't just pissing the money away, you know. Yeah, you could go buy some scratchers or something, but and you may get something back, but you, it ain't like making art, man, you know. This is cool. Yeah. You get cool stuff. So, you know, <laughs> I just think Definitely. it's cool. I really appreciate you helping us get the word out about this, and um, I want to do something to kind of to, to, to show my appreciation too. So after we're done with the show, I'm going to send you a special link um, that you can post, you know, any anywhere where fans of your show can see, and that special link will take them to our Indiegogo page, but it'll have some discounted deals that are just available for the folks yeah. that click that link. It'll be invisible well, if they try to go to the Indiegogo on their own, but I, I want to make something a little special for you guys. Oh, well, there you go. There you go, guys. Hey, how cool is that? How cool. See, Randy knows how to do this. He's been to these Hollywood <laughs> parties. He knows that what, what time it is. This is such and, a cool And I project, also know that, you know. Oh, hey, thank you. Thank you. And I, and I know how good that, that DVD or the Blu-ray will look in your collection. For those of you that are the phys- physical media aficionados, we have an amazing poster that I'm really proud of that uh, I, I think looks so cool, and, uh, and that's going to be on the cover of those, of those discs. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make those available to you guys. And speaking of stuff, we've been sitting here just, you know, talking and having so much fun and whatnot. I forgot to play the Party of Darkness song that you sent over. Oh, Let's shoot. play it now. <laughs> Let's play Let's it now, Randy, while I've got you on here. This is, Love well, it. lead us into it. How did this come about? This piece of music we're going to hear. So, Remember that uh, that story I was telling you about where we all went out to lunch after the screening of our last film? Well, uh, yeah. Benji Fonick, who is the musician that, that created this uh, theme song for us, he was there, and he had also done the theme song for the movie that we had just come out of the premiere for, Xanadu Hellfire, which is an amazing track as well. And uh, right then and there, I kind of Great started game. describing to him what we were going to be doing. We wanted an anthology. Here's the, right then and there, we kind of already knew the basic idea of it. And then I kind of gave him some style, some inspiration, like – um, I'm very much into Danny Elfman and Oingo Boingo, so I said if you can kind of give it a little bit of like a an 80s, early 90s Oingo Boingo feel to it, I would love it if you could. And then I kind of we we let them know what the different shorts were going to be about once uh, all of them had been written by the different filmmakers, and he incorporated a lot of it into the lyrics of the song. But it's just a heck of a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, without any further ado, uh, let's go ahead and listen to that. Hear it. Here it is, folks. Check this out. Party of Darkness by Benji Fonick. Escape 
How cool is that, everybody? And I didn't even <laughs> talk over the end of it. And that's one of those tracks where the DJ will talk over the end. No. I love it. I love it. Definitely. That's a great it's track. It's got kind of that, like, yeah, hey, thanks. Uh, I'm I'm so proud of how it turned out. And and uh, he's such a talented musician. Uh I, I knew once we started putting this film together that if we didn't have a proper theme song that we were just going to be so disappointed. So, um, and it's great too, because uh, we have a rough cut of the movie. Everything that's done so far is all kind of assembled together. And when I sit there and I watch that and I hear that track come on for the end credits, but it just, it gives me goosebumps. I love it. It's just so fun. There's something about having, yeah, there's just something so neat about having a theme song made for a film that you did, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to, you know, you, you have yeah. to. And it's, it's so interesting because so many films, you know, you just, they pick a song, you know, they're, okay, let's pick this song or that song or, um, and they've always done it that way, you know, but I've always, mm-hmm. you know, I even like that cheesy Alice Cooper song, you know, the he's back, uh, you know, yeah, it's a cool uh, Jason song. Um, Oh, yeah. This song is very cool. Party of Darkness, Benji Svonak, ladies and gentlemen. That's the one to watch um, or listen to, as the case may be. Very, very cool. So now that, uh, you know, you don't have a lot going on, Randy, uh, I'm kidding, of course. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably... You probably dream about this project, you know what I mean? When you go to sleep at night, it's it's a waking project and a sleeping project. Right, it's kind of haunting me, you know, in a lot of ways. Good ways and and maybe not as good ways, uh, preventing me from getting as much sleep as I need, I think. But, yeah, uh, once we get that last segment shot, then I can breathe one big sigh of relief. Um, And uh, just another quick word about that. We might be doing some live streaming from the set uh, for our our final shoot day. So um, I'll be promoting more of that on our social media uh, channels. Party of Darkness on Facebook and at Party of Darkness Movie on Instagram. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll really kind of be, be uh, kind of opening, opening the curtain, so to speak, uh, into the world of filmmaking for anybody that wants to kind of be a fly on the wall for that, that final day. And it's going to be oh, a be super cool that. science fiction location. Yes, please do. I would love it. Yeah. Like, comment. We'll, we'll, <laughs> I probably won't be looking Absolutely. at the chat, but we're going to have, we're going to have somebody that will be running the, the, the live stream that can kind of interact yeah. with people. But uh, it's going to be so neat, and I think it's really going to be a fun opportunity for anybody who maybe hasn't been on a film set uh, but wants to see what it looks like. Um, Hopefully they don't get too bored. It's not as exciting as as, uh, movies make it out to be, but but it'll be a fun behind the scenes. Yeah, Yeah. I love that kind of stuff, man. I love that. I used to watch that. Anything behind the scenes. I I love it. It's just I like to see how things work, how how things operate. You know, it's just the kind of guy I am. Um, when I look at a car, I'm, I'm one of those guys that look at the, looks at the engine. Yeah, the outside's cool, but I want to see what's under the hood. Um, and the <laughs> thing with anything, filmmaking, any of that. Any, I used to yeah. love that behind the music show that VH1 had on. Loved it, loved it. Um, but yeah, this is cool, man. This is cool. And like I said, we've got a link up. We're going to have put that special link up. We're going to blast out everywhere. And we also have links, folks, to the Instagram and Facebook pages that Randy uh, just mentioned. Um, and it is so important. If you open your wallet and moths fly out, again, I've been there. I know how that feels. What will help that feeling is, at the very least, like and share, man. 
help get the word out, you know, because absolutely. Maybe, maybe chances are some of your friends have it a little bit got more together right now than you do, you know. No judgment, no harm. But, uh, you know, help get the word out. Help get the word out. And uh, that helps so much, too. That, and really, at the next point, when Randy's sitting down, or not the next, but an, uh, the battle that will be coming up when he's sitting down with distribution companies and whatnot, <laughs> there's going to be some guy in a suit, and he's going to say, we're a gal. And, and they're going to say, what's the engagement? And, you know, and Randy can say, well, you know. 200,000 people on our Instagram. <laughs> and they're like, okay, right? here you go. Here's a check. <laughs> that would definitely be nice to say. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, you just know, a little like change. goes a long way. A little like, a little follow, you Absolutely. know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, plus we're, we're going to put out some pretty neat behind-the-scenes stuff there, too. We have some, some neat videos that I shot while I was making some of those uh, special effects props that I was talking about. And we're going to be putting up little behind-the-scenes so cool. glimpses here and there, too. So there will be a lot to, to look at. So, you know, above and beyond all the crowdfunding stuff, um, there's going to be a lot of other reason to follow it and a lot of neat things that we release. And we're, we're putting out casting announcements for, for some of our new cast members every day, and we're, yeah, we're showcasing all of the talent in the movie. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun, yeah. We're, we're really proud of everybody that's worked on this, and we really want – uh, we just want to kind of share this far and wide just so people are aware that, hey, this is something that I actually want to watch, and maybe I'll kind of file that away in the back of my mind and, and look for it later this year once it's out, hopefully, on streaming platforms. So, well, and hopefully physical media, too. Yeah. We, you know, we have a lot of filmmakers on the show here, and, yes, you know, we've had some that I had to put a warning out, you know, because the distribution company even told me, now you're not you're gonna to want to warn people before they they watch this movie that and maybe that was a bit of marketing, but yeah, mm-hmm. I watched the movie. I'm like I get why they're saying it. You know I I get it. Um, yeah. You know, uh, it's it's this isn't one of those movies, folks, like that. This is a a horror comedy anthology. So you're not it's not just a, a splatter fest of, of of gore. You know, there's gonna be some stuff in it. I'm exactly. Sure. But. <laughs> you know, you got to be able to catch your breath. <laughs> you know, you're not, right. you're not looking at a Giger painting. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's you know, got to go home and cry. Uh, you know, my my litmus test yeah. is this: if you can make it through the first five minutes of this and not be horribly offended, uh, then you're probably really going to enjoy it and uh, just kind of at that point enjoy the ride. You know, with Like Dogs, I made oh, the absolutely. mistake of having that movie be a very much a slow burn for the first act, and then about 25 minutes into it, the big stuff happens, and then from there, it's nonstop. That was a big mistake, because I think that prevented us from getting into a lot of festivals, which notoriously only watch the first five or ten minutes before judging whether mm. the movie will, will go in or not. Um, this one, I, I grab you within those first five minutes uh, with my, my Booty Town Bloodbath segment. So, um, and, and it's not going to be too over-the-top gory, but it is really kind of silly and fun, and hopefully it'll, it'll put a smile on people's faces and uh, just kind of let them know what kind of movie they're in for. I'm telling you, we, we talked about Creepshow in the 80s, you know, with Stephen King playing that goofy guy, and that was funny mm-hmm. and everything, and then it got real dark at the end of that segment. <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, God, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And those who have seen that know what I'm talking about. But, uh, 
Leslie Nielsen, I think, was in that. It was that. Not it's been a different one. I can't. Remember. There was a couple of them. Um, and Ted Danson at the beach. Ted Danson, oh. yeah, yeah. I just watched oh, a wonderful behind-the-scenes uh, documentary about the making of the first Creep Show and uh, you know, all the practical effects that they did in that and, and what they what they had to go through, especially with Ted Danson's head underwater, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's amazing. Oh, um, Creep Show 2, in my childhood, is one of the things that I think scarred me the most with that segment with the raft out in the out in the lake and that like thing that oh. kind of looked like a trash oh, bag man. monster that was sucking down the kids. Oh, like God. that one terrified me, and it still sticks with me to this day. But I love Ooh. the creep show movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the raft with that good-looking gal, and she's laying on that. Oh man, and then she uh, <laughs> leans up. Oh, not good. yeah. Now I'm going to be thinking about that before I go to sleep. <laughs> oh, That's good art. Sorry to put that image That's in your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Art I love with it. You. Yeah. That's right. Literally. And it stuck with her. Oh, my God. He <laughs> um, <It> sure did. <laughs> Randy, I've had so much fun. Every time you're on the show, I have a good time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the show. You, you know, you're so cool. Seriously. Well, thank you so much for having me back. I really had a lot of fun, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, man, anytime. And we're going to help get the word out on this. And, folks, this is going to wrap things up for us tonight. Um, you know, you can listen to this anytime you want and whatever, because uh, we're going to have it as a podcast also. Um, that's when we add the commercials and all that in there. And, folks, I have a little post-it note here. For those who want to listen to my podcast, uh, sans commercials, you know, you're just so cool that you, you got to pay the freight somehow is, uh, <laughs> you know, you have to listen to commercials or you don't. Um, but you can do that, uh, become a VIP, go to my website and click the link there. All that's listed. Um, but you know, I, I say help out this movie if you can, you know, because anything, anything you can do, there's all different, uh, levels of, of help you can do here. And uh, you never know. You never know. You might be a, a big baller and, you know, have that extra five grand sitting around, and they can take care of you there, too, uh, you know. We do have a perk that's pretty badass that is uh, $5,000. That's the uh, the executive producer of the wraparound, the big part of the movie, the main part of the movie, and you get a full demon costume as part of the perk. That's pretty cool. Wow. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, how cool is that? And if you if you are a big horror fan and have, you know, your wall of DVDs and Blu-rays and whatnot, um, you know, get you a mannequin, get a full demon costume, because he's got to stand in front of it, you know? How cool would that be? How cool would that be? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Or, hey, you can just or wear it around the house, a, too. Or, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, if, if you're like me and you miss the... <laughs> Social distancing, what a great way to keep that party going, you know? Your party of darkness <laughs> demon costume, people will stand six feet away from you. <laughs> yep. Whether you want them to or not. <laughs> That's right. When you go to the 99 cent store, nobody's going to be reaching over your shoulder to uh, grab the last thing at dish soap. Anyway, very, very cool. <laughs> we are going to... Um, uh, be back in a couple days. We've got another filmmaker coming up. Uh, that's right. You read it right if you've been looking at my website. Murder Ritaville. Fantastic. Fantastic 
crazy uh, movie. I, I watched it the other day. I really enjoyed this. And uh, next week, next Tuesday, we're having Justin on. Justin from Party of Darkness is going to be on. And uh, he's one of the um, guys with a million uh, titles, you know, uh, Justin Armour. And I'm assuming it's like Armour. Armeo, Justin right? Armeo, yeah. yeah. And he's also, yeah, he's also an actor as well uh, because he has a, a big really? acting background. So he's also uh, one of our lovable characters uh, in the wraparounds telling their stories. So nice. when he's telling his story uh, in the movie, it's actually the story that he wrote and directed. It, it's a, it's a, <laughs> a really fun thing that we did, yeah. Uh, if I was going to make a – well, you did. So here you go. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. It's so much fun. Very, yeah. very cool. There's a lot of cool filmmakers involved in this, and there's a breakdown on the Indiegogo page, folks. You can see who's who's done what, and uh, it, it is so cool. It, it's and like and share, like I said, like and share the social media. Do what you can to help, and uh, get involved in this. It's a cool project to be involved in, man. Very, very cool. Randy, thanks again. You rock, man. <laughs> thanks again for having me. In such a good time. Any, any time, any time, folks. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, and remember, the world's still kind of weird. Don't wind up in a Karen video on YouTube. I find them hilarious, but you know, trust me, you don't want to be that. Be patient with people, and uh, and help out this show. We'll see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks's Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rock, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rock's Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.